We're back talking about Pixar's latest animated film, Luca. Should it have gone straight to Disney Plus? Why is the movie description not entirely accurate on IMDb? Find out on episode 12 where we used to talk about this at work. So, hello, listeners. This one's going to be a little bit different. Um, if you recall from the last episode, um, Matt said that um, COVID restrictions have been lightened where he lives in Japan. So he and his wife had a bit of a date night. And oh. I really, <laughs> I really wanted to record something. And everybody wants to have plans just because it's the 4th of July weekend. So I reached out to, you know, Reddit, you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a safe place for, you know, um, asking for help, right? <laughs> oh, let, let me tell you about Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a message from Phoenix here um, from another podcast, and we are going to get into that in a bit. But um, this is our first guest that has a podcast. So I'd like to welcome Phoenix onto the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. No problem. So who are you? <laughs> so my name is Phoenix. I'm from the internet, uh, which is a horrible place. My podcast is The Internet Was a Mistake. You can find it on uh, pretty much everything except for Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah, it's we we talk about the horrible things of the internet and make fun of them as a way to cope. Also, very very uh, left leaning. So if if you like left leaning people, then come check us out. <laughs> and I will of course put a link to that in the show notes. So I had a question for you: Is there any particular reason why your podcast isn't on Apple Podcasts? Uh. I'm the only reason, honestly, so far is because like I've been struggling to get the uh, the Apple like account stuff set up, and they've uh. been yeah they've just been having a ton of technical issues. I guess like a recent update like uh, crippled a bunch of different podcasters. So that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm also like I have an iPhone, uh, but I'm not a big like Apple fan personally. Okay, it's just like yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> I use it every single day, but you know, it's whatever. <laughs> How dare you call me out like this? Um, so I guess a little behind the scenes um, info on um, our podcast journey. Um, so when we started the podcast, um, this was a little bit before Apple um, changed up podcasts where like now they have premium podcasts. So to submit a podcast, like that whole site was just not working for like two or three weeks before they announced that. And so like, mm -hmm. I was like, but I want to get it on Apple. That's where the, that's where the listeners are, you know, it's where the people are. I, I've had a lot of luck with Spotify so far, but I mean, God, if they've got their podcast stuff figured out by now, then maybe I should check them out. Hmm. So when I, uh, when you first, I can't, yeah. 
I think you on, in the message you sent me, I think you said the name of your podcast, or maybe I saw it on your profile. I can't remember. And so Apple was the first place I went. I was like, that's weird. And Spotify was the second place I went. So I was like, oh, okay. They must be like Spotify exclusive, like Joe Rogan getting those Spotify checks. Oh God. I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been as insulted as being compared to Joe Rogan. Oh. Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just I laziness, honestly, on my part and not trying super hard to get onto Apple. That's it. No, I mean, it's all good. I, I get it. Like, I get the struggle, like just trying to get it in as many places as possible. So I listened to an episode and one of the first things that struck me was that you and your co-hosts have a real NPR vibe. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Um, kind of like listening to Terry Gross or somebody, just like that <laughs> nice calming voice and all that, you know, very informative. And like the amount of research you put into an episode, I'm like, geez, like. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we do a ton, ton of research, like, especially with some of our more recent episodes with uh, subjects that are especially like litigious. Uh, you don't want to say something that, could be in any way defamatory, right? right so right. yeah, I I do a ton of research uh, to make sure that anything that I say can be backed up by facts. Um, I usually have anywhere from like 15 to 30 citations, uh, just kind of depending on the subject. Yeah, so lots and lots of research goes into it. I try to be as informative as possible. So I saw that um, your podcast, some of the episodes are broken into parts. So like, what is uh, recording like? So are you like recording like something like once, like every two or three weeks, and then you'll break it up? Like what's your recording schedule like? Yeah, so we try to release an episode every couple of weeks. We've actually gotten off track just because I, life has gotten in the way recently. Um, but yeah, we try to have a new episode out every two weeks, which means I do all of the research and all of the writing in about one week. Then we record uh, the week before we actually release the episode. Um, and then, yeah, the break things into parts just because like nobody wants to sit and listen to a three yes. hour long episode. Yes, uh, yes. So yes. Yeah, so we try to break it up into two different parts and try to release them uh, pretty close within the same same time frame. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. Just no, nobody wants to listen to me talk about masturbating for three hours. <laughs> like I, I hear you on that. Um, the struggle is real. To like you, you know, we're you're you're a new you're a new podcaster. Like nobody knows you, so like the whole hey i have a podcast listen to it okay sure it's three hours long uh, yeah yeah, yeah it's it's intimidating yeah um also something that i really love about your podcast is that you have ad breaks but they're like kind of comedy <laughs> sketches and yeah. i absolutely love that they're really funny yeah yeah uh some of them are honestly just really really silly ridiculous things um but yeah like i I don't want to be beholden to what an advertiser like wants me to say. He's like, that's one of the big problems with YouTube is that if you say fuck too many times and suddenly you get demonetized and that's just no good for anyone. So like, I don't want an advertiser to be like, Hey, you know, I'm not sure if I like you talking about how capitalism is evil all the time. Uh, so could you just like not do that? So can, can instead... you slow down about the dick jokes? I mean, we get it, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. It's so we have, you know, people need to breathe sometimes because we talk about a lot of really, really heavy topics. And every once in a while, you know, you just need that comedy relief. Um, so, you know, we do these silly little sketches every 20, 30 minutes or so. It's nice. I mean, I, I didn't really think about it as like, hey, this is heavy. We need to um, kind of bring the mood you know, back up a little bit. I just thought like, okay, that's fun. Like this does feel like where an ad would be. And so, you know, you're new, so nobody, you know, so you're like, let, let's fill that space. But that's, that's a good idea. Um, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like um, as Matt and I have said uh, several times, um, we will sell out. Please give a, please drive I a dump truck full of money to our homes and you got us. <laughs> I, I am honestly in full support of that. I just am oh. going for my cat is attacking me. I'm sorry. Yes, just took a big <laughs> chunk of your arm out. What the yeah. heck? She's she's learning. Uh just just got her like two or three weeks ago and okay. she's a little under a year old. So uh she is still learning what is and is not a toy. <laughs> uh your arm. That's the actual yeah. on that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh my arm is her favorite toy so far. Um <laughs> Sorry, I got completely sidetracked. What was the question? Um, yes. Nope. Something about cats. It's gone. It's yeah. gone. Gone to the ether. Gone forever. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask you one more question about your podcast. And um, I'm sure you've been asked this a few times. But why do you feel like the world needs another podcast? This is actually the first time I've been asked that. And it reminds really? me a lot of when like a job interviewer will be like, so <laughs> why do you want this job? Uh, it's like, well, it's because <laughs> I don't have a solid reason. Now, the, the real reason why I wanted to do this podcast was like, nobody really talks about this kind of stuff. Like there are the the terminally online people like me. And then there are, you know, the the people who like go on Reddit and go on Facebook and they don't see the the weird things. So I thought it would be a good creative exercise, especially during the pandemic when I was unemployed. And it would be nice to be, you know, kind of informative because like nobody else is really talking about it. So okay. All right. Um I assume people would have asked you that question just because like I'm sure you've spoken to friends and or family and said, hey, I have a podcast now. You, well, maybe not family, but uh, just because uh, of yeah. some of the content. <laughs> but yeah. um, like, hey, I've got a podcast. Like, you know, you should give it a listen. And, you know, why? You know, so you haven't got any pushback. Yeah, no, nobody uh, that I talked to about it. And I talked to everybody about it. It's kind of like a my sole personality trait at this point. Um, right. Yeah, no, I've, I've talked to tons of people about it and they we're all just like excited to listen to it because they're like, yeah, nobody's ever done something like this before. So I'm okay. excited. So yeah. All right. I, I guess I've just been lucky you talking to the right people. That is a question that comes up every now and again, but you know, um, so, uh, so you briefly just mentioned unemployment. Um, you're working now. Yeah. I actually just got a job a couple weeks ago, uh, doing phone banking for the pro act, uh, which is going to is good for unions. It's going to break up the like right to work stuff that a lot of the more conservative states have passed in recent okay. years. Uh, so I've been doing that full time for a couple weeks now. Okay. 
so how's that been going like um because these are basically cold calls or how's that yeah they're it's all cold calling uh working from home which is nice but i am a very socially anxious person so having to call people for eight hours a day was a lot at first um but it's gotten easier it's also made it like easier to talk to strangers so you know it's hey it's working i'm developing hey yeah yeah we're strangers (laughs) now hopefully we become friends after this you know i was gonna say this for the end of the show but you know we're already friends like i have a couch that i need help moving so if you want to come on over friend let's go actually uh you know (laughs) (laughs) gotta hit that old dusty trail huh (laughs) so you've also uh just say you had a new cat uh what is your cat's name if i may ask Oh my god. Uh, oh. so my cat's uh, my cat's name is Morgana. She is a black and white cat because I, she's named Morgana because she looks like the cat from Persona 5. Okay. Uh, be, because that I'm a nerd like that. I thought you were going to go strictly like Arthurian, you know. Well, it's also yes. It's yeah. just very convenient. Uh but yeah, it, I named her after Persona 5 specifically. <laughs> Oh, here are fireworks too. Hopefully that doesn't come up on the mic too much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is going to happen um, tonight and tomorrow and probably yeah. Monday. I was um, out last um, Sunday, Monday or this past week. I was like outside and I just heard it sounded like a rocket went off. And I'm like, is somebody dead? Like, what is happening? <laughs> fireworks are just like terrifying sometimes uh yeah just they've gotten so much bigger than i remember them being as like a kid like Mm -hmm. the ones that you could just buy at random stands on the road are just gigantic it's terrifying i don't get how i'm not sure how it is where you live but like there's like since i've been an adult there's been like all this messaging fireworks are illegal and then i'm driving down the road and i see you know, just out of nowhere, these fireworks stands pop up and I'm like, but I thought they were illegal. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. It's it's the same. I live in Chicago, so okay. I, I'm pretty sure technically speaking, fireworks are illegal within the city, but Chicago just covers so much landmass. There are so many suburbs surrounding it that mm-hmm. it's easy to just drive 15 minutes north, for example, uh, to a small suburb, get some fireworks and then bring them back into the city. And like, there's just no way to stop that from happening, I guess. And just every single city and town and municipality has their own separate laws and it's just wild. It's it is know. a mess. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I guess be safe. Um, hopefully it doesn't scare your cat. Uh, she'll, she'll be fine. She's been listening to the fireworks all week already and okay. doesn't seem to affect her too much. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. And then uh, you've been playing DBZ. This is this is a, a video game, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a computer game. It's Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, it's like a an adventure RPG type thing or an action RPG uh, in the Dragon Ball series. And I've logged like 50 hours into it in the past couple of weeks. It is way more fun than it has any right to be. <laughs> okay. Um, so are you a fighting game type person? I yeah, I've I've been known to play a couple a couple fighting games in my time. Yeah, I know the Tekkens <laughs> and the Mortal Kombat. You know, it's just... I mean, we, we could uh, play, play a couple rounds. If you want to bet money on it. I mean, I'm not that good. So, you know, it's... <laughs> so, I, I guess, like, slowly trans... Like, dipping a toe into something I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm not a fan of fighting games or driving games or sports games unless Mario is in them. 
Hey, that is completely fair. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't really care about driving games at all uh, or sports games. I, the listeners can't see me, but I am a noodle person. Uh, I, I'm just made of pure noodles. I have no muscle mass to <laughs> me. So I was never able to play sports as a child. So getting to play as like Mario playing golf or something, it's great. I love it. So I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. So like, I'll play some Smash Brothers. I'm going to lose. But I have more tolerance for that than like a Tekken or what have you, you know? Yeah, Smash is a lot more just like silly fun. Yeah, um, like the items. among like, friends. Yeah, it's yeah. like, why would you turn the items off? That's the best part. No, this right, is a exactly. serious fighting game. No, not to me. <laughs> it, it's Mario fighting Solid Snake, my friend. How, how serious do you think it is? <laughs> so are you from the East Coast? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm actually from Oklahoma originally. Okay, enough. I just asked that because you say Mario. I, I thought okay, that was so, like a yeah. I it it is. Uh, I actually picked it up several years ago, just saying Mario from like some YouTuber I used to watch as a child, and it really annoyed all of my friends in Oklahoma. They'd be like, "No, it's pronounced Mario," and it's like that's what I'm saying. It's Mario. <laughs> <laughs> they just lose their minds, and I just never stopped doing it because. That's just what I do. I start saying something ironically and then it never stops. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, that tends to be how it goes, right? It's just, yeah, this is funny. Oh God, I, I can't stop this now. It, I unironically like it now. What have I become? <laughs> um, be you. Yeah. Be, I mean, that's... be that person in the Midwest that doesn't say Mario. <laughs> Gotta be unique. Yeah, that, I feel like I've been talking too much. It feels weird. I, I don't like the focus being on me. So how, how are you? How are things going with you? Um, overall, good, I'd say right now. So um, I got Mario Golf last week, I think, whenever it came out. And I was very surprised that Nintendo released a game with a day one patch. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And they've also released stuff saying, hey, guys, so here's the deal. Uh, you're going to get a whole bunch of free content over the next year or so because this game's not finished. Oh, no. Yeah. So wow, it's like Nintendo. It's a it's an OK amount of characters and then like not a lot of courses. And so over the next year or so, we're going to get more and I assume more modes. And I'm just like this hashtag not my nintendo you know <laughs> they uh they did the same thing with mario party didn't they like the most recent one like they I mean, only had four courses and like 10 characters or something yes i don't believe they they actually came out and said hey in three years we're gonna come out with some more content because that's three what because I, I, it was like two or three years like it came out oh and people were like this is okay and then like just recently they're like hey y'all want some online on that game so it had to have been like at least two or three years after it came out where they, they had a big update. just now added online oh my god yes, yes my my switch has been broken for a couple years now like i i was one of the people who suffered from like the joy con drift and oh yeah like the joy cons are 60 bucks a piece so yes. being unemployed i yeah. have not had my switch in a while i um, understand but yeah that's just crazy to me that they only just now put online in mario party that's just yeah. wild wow yeah. i don't get what this nintendo is like i'm guessing like because of the pandemic like nintendo isn't like other companies where like for nintendo nintendo japan does 
everything. Yeah. And Nintendo America, they are just a PR company. So they don't really have a great setup for work from home in Japan, apparently. And so a lot of stuff kind of got messed up. I mean, that's that's that doesn't explain the Mario Party stuff, but maybe that's what's going on with golf. Well, I don't know. At the same time, like Nintendo is historically this great company, but they have also like re-released all of their classic games from like the 90s, like Mm -hmm. 16 times. So Mm -hmm. and I bought them at least 12 times. I hate same. I I have bought Majora's Mask more times than I care to admit. Um, a classic. And and Wink to the Past. Yeah. Or Grand of Time. Like how many dang I times just, have they released that? Look, I am a slut for Nintendo, <laughs> and I will be the first one to admit it. Nintendo, give us money. Specifically, yeah. this podcast. I'm the, advertising for Nintendo right now. Th- thank you, thank you for being a shill. <laughs> um, we, um, that is a, uh, or a pillar of this podcast. Um, I, I bought Mario, or well, I own six Mario, like three copies of Mario 64. It, it's the best one. It's the best one. I love it. I would say it's the best 3D one. In my opinion, the best one is Super Mario World from Super Nintendo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, but that's my opinion. I don't, you know. Ooh, yeah, you know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's tough. I, I do love Super Mario World. Uh, I came up, I, like, that was the first video game that I played as a kid, so. Right. Ooh, it's tough. Back it's when tough, you got a call. free game with the, with a brand new system, I think they <laughs> right. gave you both controllers. <laughs> yeah, you know. You're all set. I think they actually used to give you, like, two games, too. I, I think the Super Nintendo came with Mario Paint and Super Mario World. I don't. I didn't have paint. I remember Mario, um, Super Mario World. I can't remember if there were any other things that came with it. It's a little fuzzy. I'm, you know, yeah, that I'm was, an old man now. I, I'm yeah. getting a little gray. <laughs> 30, 30 years ago, yeah. you know, it's it's fine. So um, I'm not sure if we're actually going to do an episode on it, um, but I saw the first like 50 minutes of that new Chris Pratt movie, The Tomorrow War. Have you checked it out or seen anything about it? No, I actually haven't followed Chris Pratt in a while just because he has some uh, yeah some pretty strong beliefs that I don't agree with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I don't fault you for that. Like, I don't really care for Chris Pratt either. But I'm like, okay, it's <clears throat> Amazon is already getting my money. And we have Prime. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's check this out. And then I saw some stuff where um, another controversial figure, Tom Cruise, um, it has like a vibe of um, the Edge of Tomorrow. I'm not sure yeah. if you've seen that. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is killer, killer yes. movie. Yes, or Live, Die, Repeat, depending on when you've seen that movie. Yeah, it's. I was actually <laughs> working in a movie theater when it came out. So I, I actually had to learn pretty quickly because the poster said Live, Die, Repeat. Um, but all the other marketing materials called the edge of tomorrow. So I got 50, 50 on if people would get the name, right. So I'm pretty flexible and used to either title. So I love that movie. And so I'm like, it's got a vibe of that. So basically the movie is the year is 2022 and people from the year 2050, they come to our time and they're like, Hey, aliens have come. They're wiping us out. We need to take, some of you guys to the future to help fight this war not not we're going to build up infrastructure so that you know stuff is you know we're going to be ready for this invasion in 30 years no 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 we need to take you 
to the future. Time travel is always such a sticky thing to play with. Yes. Uh, and taking someone from 30 years ago, that just doesn't make any sense. So I, I will say doesn't. this. Once you get into the movie, they, they thought about a lot of stuff. So um, spoilers for the first 50 minutes of the movie. You slowly, the character Chris Pratt and, and, and um, his black sidekick, we're going to call him that in the movie. Um, oh they slowly realize what the criteria is for like enlisting people so they're intentionally picking people that aren't alive at the point when they go in the future so um when they are like um running tests on chris pratt they make a mention that he dies in 2030 and so like they aren't trying to create paradoxes so he's shot to the future because he doesn't exist in 2050 and anybody that exists like as a child in 2022, they weren't sent back to train the people. Like, like because the people that were sent in the past, they're like kind of young, like not like teenager, like CW young, but like early 20s young or just enlisted young because they don't gotcha. exist in this time. So there's no paradox. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you thought about this movie. Like movie was a little rocky at the beginning because it was a lot of Chris Pratt and I don't like Chris Pratt. But once Black Sidekick came on, I'm like, shouldn't hit the table. Let's go. (laughs) I'm just Uh, disappointed that we, I I don't know why I'm disappointed. I don't know why I'm surprised that in Year of Our Lord 2021, we still have the the Black Sidekick trope instead of just, like, why do we have Chris Pratt instead of, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's not it's fine. not it's, it's fine. not fine. It's not. My last thing on this is like they wait until about the actual fifty minute mark. They draw it out a long time before you actually see the aliens, and they are fucking horrifying. And so I applaud the marketing for not spoiling that. Yeah, I yeah, do hate that this movie opens like with him jumping into the future for a scene with absolutely no context, and the scene is like less than one minute, and then they're like now here's the beginning of the story and i'm like stop fucking doing that like just start the movie where the movie starts right yeah no it's it's an exhausting trope seen it way too many times at this point like i've seen it done proper like one time like not so much in an action movie but it was like a drama um where it opens with um the guy he's knocking on his girlfriend's door like begging her to take him back And she's like, no, fuck you. And then there's another dude in the background. And I'm like, oh, damn, she cheated on, like, not cheated on him, but like, she moved on this quickly. And then the movie starts. And then when you get back to that scene, you have different context for it. And he was actually cheating on her. And like, that was actually her friend, like, hey, um, you know, fuck this dude. That he was there for support, not trying to get with her. And so, like, I appreciate it. Like, that's what, that is how you should do that. Like, give me context when we come back yeah, to the scene definitely yeah but yeah just giving a whole bunch of just unnecessary prattle for 30 minutes before getting into the meat of the movie like i might be in the minority but i don't think movies need to be two and a half three hours long you know i i appreciate a good 100 minute movie <laughs> you don't want some character development i'm fine with character development i think there's better ways to do that instead of just making movies bloated Hmm. like i watched uh zach snyder's justice league a while back uh which you didn't enjoy that four hour epic (laughs) 
you know, the worst part about it was that there were some things I actually really loved, uh, but it was just so slogged down. And like some of my least favorite scenes were other people's like favorite scenes, like the um, the one with the Flash grabbing oh, a hot dog to feed to the, the dogs. That 15 the- minute scene of him in, um, the, in going super fast. Yeah, the 15 minute scene of a car crash yeah, uh, that yeah. all takes place in the matter of like a minute in universe. Yeah, yeah, it was unnecessary. I didn't care for it. How could you not love that scene of um, Jason Momoa going into the water and those women singing and sniffing his coat? Like that was, that's just like Oscar worthy, you know? I, you know, it just, I'm most upset that there wasn't more Superman is Jesus imagery. <laughs> I mean, that tends to be, you know, the theme of every Superman movie. So, you know. And th- that's why Zack Snyder's Justice League was a crap movie. It just wasn't enough of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, I agree. Like, it didn't need to be four hours long. Um, they could have gotten that down to like two hours and some change. Like, there was a lot of yeah. unnecessary stuff. Well, a lot of that was WB was like, okay, so the original cut was trash. It got like just lambasted by everyone. So here, have an extra $100 million to make it a good movie. And it just wasn't. But <laughs> yeah, all of that to say, movies are getting way longer than they really need to be, in my opinion. Uh, I think some of them can definitely stand to be, you know, three hours, but most of them don't need it. They don't. No, I, I agree and respect that. Um, that feels like a good time to transition to this week's movie. Uh, this week, we're talking about Luca. Everything good is above the surface. Walking. Air. <gasps> the sky. Clouds. The sun. Whoa, don't look at it. Just kidding. Definitely look at it. Your life is so much cooler than mine a million things you think you can't do. All you need is a chance to try. (laughs) On the Italian Riviera, an unlikely but strong friendship grows between a human being and a sea monster disguised as a human. So usually when I prep for these episodes, like I will throw in whatever IMDb says is the description, you know, just to give the good people an idea of what this movie is about. And that doesn't I w- work. I want to know who wrote that because um, that that is that that it's is sort of accurate. That's that's part of it. But we are kind of neglecting um, well another character. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Phoenix, what were your thoughts on Luca? So I really loved Luca personally. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, whenever I like first read the description of the movie, I thought that it was going to be like a another good dinosaur, which I was less fond of. But it actually turned out to just be a a really cute movie, just really sweet. Um, not as like funny as some of the other Pixar movies, but right. uh, there was a lot of. I read a lot of gay subtext to the whole story, which I am very gay myself. So I was very pleased to see that. Yes. So I couldn't unsee that. And I'm like, okay, respect. This is where we're going. Pixar, like, look at, look at you being progressive. A story about two young boys, one, you know, discovering, you know, who he is, um, 
one could say. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, is he a sea creature? Is he a human? Is he something in between? Are we actually saying something else here? Um, the whole little little love story between them, um, Luca so and cute. Alberto. Um, the I got a strong friendship between Luca and um, Julia, but Alberto was reading that as, oh, hey, um, don't get too close to her because I like you, you know? Right, yeah. The jealousy yeah. and... Um, I guess, okay, so I always do this. Like, uh, I, I wanna kind of give some context of what this movie's about, like the events. Yes. So um, Luca's a sea creature and he's very curious. He's a curious kid. So one day he runs into another sea creature boy, Alberto, and he follows him out of the water. And Alberto's like, hey, the, out, the, the, um, the land world is not as bad as you've been told let's hang out um they learn about vespas and they're like we should we should we should have a vespa um you should also point out that uh luca's parents are very very overprotective yes um very very much like nemo's dad in finding nemo where they just want him to be within eyesight at all times and then alberto's dad is uh Absent. not there yeah he's <laughs> so uh luca is very jealous of Alberto's uh, freedom. Yes. Kind of, yes. kind of a key, key thing. Yes. So eventually Luca's parents find out that he's been going above water. And I guess uh, when, um, when um, sea creatures go above water and they're dry, they turn into human people. So they're like freaked out by this and they call for an uncle that lives in the faraway depths and they're like, hey, so we don't really like what you're doing here. We're going to send you to conversion therapy. I mean, uh, we're going to send you yeah. away to stay with your uncle where this just won't be a thing that we have to see. Yeah, it's uh, a corrective type thing of like, well, maybe if you go into the far, far depths, uh, then you won't be as tempted by the surface anymore. Perhaps, um, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know? Yeah, it's. So just awful response on Luca's parents' parts, but I I loved Uncle Ugo. I thought he was hilarious. Um, <laughs> fan, fantastic character. Voiced by Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh what? Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, you, that makes sense. Of did course. you hang out for the after credit scene? God, no, I didn't. I didn't know there was an after credit scene. So of course there was though. Mar Marvel has trained me to do a Google search after every single movie I watch is over. I, you, you know, you think I'd have learned that by now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, it's just um, the uncle just, you know, riffing Sasha Baron Cohen just going <laughs> off. It's funny. It's funny and cute. It's great. I'll have to look that up. So um, Luca and Luca runs away from home and he and Alberto go to the human town where they meet um, Julia. Julia with a G, not a J. And they form a kinship and they decide to get into the uh the little race it's like kind of like a triathlon where they're swimming there's a food portion and it ends in a bike a bike race and um julia has lost every year she's entered and she's kind of like i wouldn't say an embarrassment of the town but the last time she did the event she vomited and so, like, that's all people talk about. She's, you know, they I, I make think it was something her. that happened like every single year was that she would like 
vomit on the bike part because it was immediately after the the food part. So yeah. that's that's why she was called Spulia in the movie. <laughs> and uh, we meet our antagonist, Eric Coley. Yeah, yeah not, Eric not, Coley. Yeah, I'm Eric not Coley. super good with these Italian names. Um, also, let me roll back for a second. So when this movie started and Lucas started speaking, I genuinely thought it was the young man that played Miguel in Coco. Like he kind of sounded like him to me. Yeah, yeah. There's some similarity. I can see that. But you know, uh, I looked it up and I was like, "Oh, it's um, it's it's, it's Room Boy." Uh, Jacob Tremblay. Oh yeah, so it is. Huh. So um, Ecoli, he's the antagonist. He's probably like 22 or something like that. But this is like a kids' event. But he keeps saying like he's like 16. So that's kind of funny. He's like growing facial hair, and you know. He's he's the bully it's of the really town. awful facial hair too. It's <laughs> hilarious. So um Alberto and Luca, they end up staying with uh Julia's and uh and her dad until the uh, the event starts. Um uh, Luca's parents find out that Luca went to the surface, so they go up to try and find him. Um there's some training, there's the boys learning, you know, more about hu- the human world. Um, there is a strong jealousy of Alberto towards Luca and Julia's friendship. And eventually Alberto outs himself as an, uh, sea creature and in a very heartbroken, heartbreaking scene, Luca basically turns on Alberto when yep. he shows what he truly is. And that was really sad. Yeah, I, I cried at that part. Um, and something I something else is that like Julia's dad really really started to like love uh, Luca and Alberto as well, which was mm-hmm. really sweet to, to watch. Yeah. Uh, because his like fishing business just wasn't doing too well. And then Alberto came in and helped him improve his business. So they they had a kinship and then whenever uh, Juliet's dad found out that alberto was a sea monster is you know just sad it's like oh no this guy who's known for hunting sea monsters mm-hmm. uh just found out that my friend is a sea monster and also like he knew that they were runaways and he was just like you know this this kid needs help this kid needs a family and he was trying to be there for him so that's a, yeah. I, I also read that as another reason why he went to try and find him you yep. um, when he went missing um so eventually luca realizes like hey like that was a dick move i'm gonna go and try and find um alberto make this up like hey man i'm sorry uh he also outs himself to julia i believe that was the sequence of events um not sure yes yeah something yeah so um we have the race um the uh it starts raining and once water touches a sea creature like they revert to their sea creature form so luca's like in in the shade trying to make sure that he doesn't expose himself he doesn't let the town find out you know his uh his true self uh and here comes alberto just running along with uh with the umbrella trying to save his 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 good friend and that was really cute too that was heartwarming it's very sweet yeah but sadly they are both exposed as sea creatures and the town starts to turn on them um they 
inadvertently win the race, but they go back to try and help Julia, who um, kind of like um, she sacrificed like, her chance to win. It, yes, because it meant stopping uh, Erico or whatever his name is. Yeah, from um, hurting the boys. Yep, uh, it was it was really adorable. It was great. She's the true hero, Ercole. <laughs> So the movie ends with, you know, Luca's family accepting that, hey, I want to be above water. That doesn't mean I, I hate my family. This is something that I want. And they um, support him in going to human school with Julia. And Alberto, he stays with Julia's father because he just gained a surrogate father figure. Um, so yes, there was gay subtext all over this movie. I was here for it. It was it beautiful. Was, it was great up until like the last line that the grandma had of like, oh, well, some people are never going to accept it, uh, but he's going to be happier that way where all the subtlety went to just like the Hulk bursting through the, the wall <laughs> to punch me in the face with the point, like a little, little bit too obvious there, but yeah. I still loved it. Still great. Um, so my wife and I started this murder documentary on Netflix called Sophie, a murder in the West Cork in West Cork. Um, have you heard of it? I have not. No. <clears throat> so it's a documentary um, in the 1990s in Ireland. A French woman was found killed and uh, in a seaside town in Ireland. And um, something that they kind of touched on was that in the in in this sea town, and I assume in others as well, um, they're a little bit more progressive than other areas, just because this is a place where a lot of different kinds of people come in and out. And sure. so we saw that the, the first part is three parts on Netflix. So we saw the first part maybe Wednesday or Thursday, and I watched this movie Friday. And so like. Yes, it happened super quick, but um, the scene where like every, you know, um, Julia's dad was like, hey, guys, don't be assholes. Like, yes, they're sea creatures. We don't need to actually kill them. Like, we are better than this. We can be accepting. Yeah. Um, That instantly made me think of that to where uh, one of the uh, things that they talked about was like, this is 1990s Ireland. And um, they're, uh, they were interviewing a, a woman that's a lesbian. And she was like, I was, you know, welcome with open arms in this community. And I believe they just recently um, passed gay marriage in Ireland, I believe. Uh, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot for your research. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I have not been like up to date on Ireland. Um, so I, I'm not entirely sure when they actually legalized it. I feel like they were way ahead of the curve though. 2019. God, really? Yeah. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. But, you know, wow. this town was cool with it in the 1990s. Yeah. Um, so like going into it with that in mind, I'm like, okay, well, this happened super quick uh, for everyone to change their prejudices against sea monsters. But, um, you know, I could see that man of thing here versus like if this happened like in, in a city, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I was kind of conflicted on the whole town just immediately coming around to them being sea monsters for like the entire movie. They had been like building up that um, the the complete humans were just super anti sea monster. Like there were uh, like warning posters all over the place. There were like news articles that were shown briefly about like sea monster sighting, and everybody was gearing up and always had harpoons near them to hunt sea monsters. So like, it seemed like your entire culture and history had been built and focused around hunting sea monsters. So when these two kids were like, yeah, hey, we're sea monsters. Suddenly everyone was like, okay, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Which granted, like Juliet's dad, big guy, kind of scary guy, like mm-hmm. coming forward, but like, they're fine. They're good. Like, I I know them. They're good. Um, I don't know. It just didn't seem super well-developed i think if the kids had spent some more time like getting to know the townsfolk and befriending them it would have been a little bit better um but that would have been kind of a lot to to stuff into an hour and 40 minutes right especially for a kids movie yeah and like at the end of the day like we got to wrap this shit up so let's go yeah also also there there were some um sea monsters living among you already yeah which that that was cute i i liked the two old ladies uh living among the people so what are your thoughts um this movie was supposed to get a theatrical run and then um out of nowhere disney was like actually this shit's going straight to disney plus no paywall what are your thoughts on that i really have to wonder if like how blatantly gay the story is had something to do with that because disney does not have a good tracker like every single year for the past like seven years yes, disney's yes, been like yes. check out our first openly gay character and yes. it's just like someone holding hands in the background that you have to do like a where's waldo to find something like, just, they can easily remove when the movie goes to china yeah like china and russia and other just like mm-hmm. anti-gay countries so just super small things so i think this entire story being about like luca and alberto and their very gay uh relationship like that's probably why it went directly to disney plus so um like it's frustrating but at the same time i appreciate that it was so like easily accessible um yeah no i just i just don't trust disney's like reasoning for it I uh, I can't remember uh, a few months back, we did an episode on the Mitchells versus the machines. And I can't remember if I cut this out because that one went really long, but um, that's something that I found very frustrating with that movie. The main character, the daughter, she is a lesbian, but yeah, she's lesbian or bi, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we, we kind of, kind of, kind of acknowledge that. But uh, depending on where you watch this, you won't actually see a scene confirming that, you know? Yeah, like it wasn't confirmed until like the end credits scene or something like yeah, that. Mid yeah, credits and scene. it was yeah. and it was like an offhand line too. Yeah, it was yeah. a line that could be very easily misinterpreted uh, yes. by the less knowing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of Hollywood does that, and it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, Although Mitchell was in the first of the machines. I did love it because the little brother was like autistic and very clearly autistic. And it was just great to see that kind of representation. I really like the art style. It was really cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just Hollywood is just terrified of, um, of those kind of like positive progressive messages mm-hmm. spreading in other countries. And it's got a long history of that too. Um, 
it's like back in the the 30s and 40s hollywood would like very happily censor things uh to please nazi germany because otherwise like none of their movies would be allowed to show there and then that's right. you know a whole ass country that they're not getting revenue from so mm-hmm. like they hollywood has always been a bunch of cowards just bowing to oppressive the, regimes yes i don't know like i i want to say that you know i blame bob chapek for this but um but no like they would have did it either well i don't know like the very fact that they were allowed to actually make it which would have been under um bob Iger, yeah i feel like it probably would have gotten a theatrical run under him yeah it might have i think the pandemic might have just been a very convenient excuse to not give it a theatrical release as well so I, i think there are a number of factors that kind of went into it um oh i had one other thought too so um today i was really hungry uh so i was like you know what i'm gonna get some mcdonald's and i usually just do the app because on the app they have like coupons and stuff you can use and so like i did the app but i still went through the drive-thru and as i'm going through the you know as i'm at the drive-thru waiting on them to say hey what you know how can we help you uh i'm looking on the menu and they have luca happy meal toys really yes and i was like shit if i had known that i genuinely would have bought a happy meal just to you know bring it on the show like post some pictures on the social media but i'm like that's cool like i can't tell you the last happy meal disney movie toy i had don't remember (laughs) yeah i think mine is like a tarzan related thing Mm, i think yes 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 but yeah Yeah. i was like that's kind of cool that that's still alive i mean i don't really now, I, I've got a one-year-old, and my, my nephews are, um, how are they, six and four, so they don't do a lot of fast food. So I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, do kids care about that these days versus back when we were younger, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I, I don't talk to kids very often. <laughs> um, I actually cannot tell you the last time I even saw a kid. Uh, <laughs> I'm beginning to think that they might have just been a figment of my imagination. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Just old person brain, just like, you know, back in my day, we had this. But um, <laughs> do you kids even appreciate this? No, you just care about your TikToks. <sighs> On those damn dances and other things I will quickly not understand. <laughs> All right, so we're going to hop on over to trivia. What do you think the Rotten Tomato score of Luca is? Ooh, I'm going to guess 86%. It is 90% on the tomato meter, 88% audience score. Um, this, I mean, we oh, both nice. agree this is a really good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I would have personally given it like about the 90-ish score. I just yeah. guessed 86 because I know some people can be kind of crabby, but... Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Addington 2 dropping its number one 100% uh, tomato meter score recently because of one crappy dude. Oh, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it, but I hear like that movie's like amazing. It's fantastic. I love the little bear. I mean, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get off my butt, check it out. So I don't really like doing this when there's one other person, but um, I spent like all of like 20 minutes trying to throw this together. So um, we're going to do a trivia question, like just A, B, or C. Cool. So uh, one of the posters at the plaza 
is in in the movie one of the posters at the plaza is which water-based classic disney-owned film a treasure island which came out in 1950 b Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea which came out in 1954 or c voyage to the bottom of the sea in 1961 oh my god the way your eyes are like popping out like oh shit (laughs) oh god i don't even remember that i'm gonna guess b though because it seems like the most thematically fitting you are correct. Boom. So, ah. um, so I read, you know, what I usually do is like, I'll read the IMDB trivia and like, I'll make a question out of that. And so I was like, what are water-based Disney movies? And they was like, well, they made Treasure Island. I'm like, okay, okay. What else you got for me? <laughs> Little Mermaid. So I was like, okay. Um, Voyage at the, to the Bottom of the Sea is a Fox movie. Oh, and so, so like, they I- technically... Yeah, so I like I was like, here, here's the little twist here, you know. I was just thinking, like, I've never even heard of Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. What? Same, <laughs> same. But they're doing something in the water. <laughs> all right, so let's do some trivia dump. Out of all the characters in the film, Luca has the largest eyes proportional to his head. Since he is so curious and eager to take everything in. When Luca falls off his bike and hits his head, Luca sees anchovies and not stars because he was told by Alberto that stars are in fact anchovies. Uh, Many Pixar employees are upset at the move to make the film a Disney Plus exclusive, putting out public statements that doing it with soul in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic was understandable, but doing it twice in a row, even with the vaccine rollout ramp out and not even putting it behind a premium wall like Ryan the Last Dragon, which was really good, started to give the impression that the studio isn't respected by Disney execs. The, the story was too gay. I'm sorry. They were afraid. Yeah, I, just, I think it was that just that they were afraid. And it's so weird that they, I mean, they they might be right. Like, I feel like Pixar did have a, a bit of time where they were like sliding down it's like the uh the good dinosaur did not do as well as mm-hmm. like toy story and then the um, finding dory was a little weak yeah finding dory was a little bit of Incredibles a letdown too. uh yeah which so i i can see disney being a little bit more apprehensive but i mean pixar is still such a huge name that yeah it, it's just weird that uh disney wouldn't have faith in in pixar yeah and soul was quite good as well like I get it, but I didn't get it because I'm like, yes, I, I'm happy that I don't have to pay for this, but I wish that th- this could have made money somehow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I I definitely think that Soul would have made pretty good good amounts of money, mm-hmm. uh, especially like last year and just kind of the cultural atmosphere of last year. Yeah. Uh, did you see Ryan the Last Dragon? I, I haven't actually seen that one. It's been kind of sitting at the bottom of my list and I've got <laughs> hundreds of movies that I need to get caught up on. Um, but yeah, I've heard that it's really good. Heard it's very similar to uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, which I mean, I you can't actually say that unless you want to get canceled, right? Uh, it's it's fine. I'm not worried about getting canceled. It's already happened to Lindsay Ellis so most You're of right. the like, big blow-ups already happened. Um, yeah, so it's no longer on the paywall now and I loved it, but my only complaint is that it's a Disney movie. And so like a core Disney movie, not like a Disney owned movie. So there are some things that happen at the end of the movie where as an audience member, I felt such a powerful emotion, but they couldn't even begin to even touch how I was feeling because 
we have to play this safe like this this is almost a g-rated movie and like a character does something like reprehensible and the way that they resolve that just pissed me off so much it it's so weird that like disney has it's become like so soft on those things because like um aladdin jafar did some horrible terrifying things to people like he didn't kill anybody directly but tons of body horror and Mm -hmm. then lion king scar straight up murders mufasa in front of everyone yes traumatizing and now like they just i don't know they are afraid to to do things that are like shocking yeah the power of friendship solves everything just so you know (sighs) oh my god okay yeah so Uh, like it is a good movie i feel like it would have been better served as like a tv show in that like disney whichever that you know you don't like two or three tv stations like whichever one is like for teenagers where like they had like ducktales or whatever on like i don't have cable but like i know they own like more than one channel it's like not like regular disney channel but one of the other ones where it's not as much oversight so they can get away with some stuff because like this this really needed less of a disney oversight uh, let's see. You got two more bits of trivia. Uh, Luca works as a fish shepherd with 24 fish that he looks after. This film is marked as the 24th feature animated film by uh, created by Pixar. And the last bit is at the very end of the credits, it says produced in our slippers around the Bay Area due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, so this is the first movie that was made entirely at home, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so, I also really loved the fish. They were just absolutely adorable. They were adorable. Um, so I forgot that they were um, that they ate the fish because there's a scene in the movie where um, Luca and Alberto showed um, Julia's dad where to get fish, and I'm like, "You're just gonna just just put your put your fish friends out there to get murdered?" But I'm like, "Wait, they eat them too." So you know, <laughs> yeah wasn't like super clear if they ate them because luca seemed pretty attached and like had named all of his little like fish that he herded but he's like a little form boy where it's like oh yeah i name all my livestock before we kill them that's that was my read on it because like i I I guess that is the thing that happens like charlotte's web set the precedent of Mm -hmm. naming naming the farm animals that are going to get slaughtered yeah all right um so this is a lot of fun but sadly this is the part where we have to stop. Um, so I want to thank you so much, Phoenix, for coming on. Um, if you want to give a plug for your podcast and our social media one more time before we roll out. Yeah. Uh, so we can find the podcast on pretty much everywhere except for Apple. It's called The Internet Was a Mistake. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at Phoenix, T-I-W-A-M. All right. Thank you very much. Um, like I said, we're friends now. Um, so I'm yeah. in St. Louis, so that's like a four-hour drive. So you can come on down um, like t- tomorrow or you know the day after to help me with that couch. Appreciate it, friend. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, like, and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please email us at weusetotalkpod at gmail.com. 
like our Facebook page, We Used to Talk About This at Work, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at We Used to Talk Pod. So thank you so much. This was a fun episode. Yeah, yeah, no, I I was very glad to do it. It's very exciting. Um, it's a great podcast. I've already listened to a bunch of the episodes. Uh, so yeah, it's Appreciate wonderful. You. Hope I can do it again sometime. I, I have the same feeling. Um, I think you like Matt. Matt's a good guy. Um, yeah, I mean, based off the episodes I've listened to, he he seems really funny as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't tell him that to his face. We don't want his head to get too big. But all right, that's the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.